Hey, welcome to the One Big Thought Podcast. This is the podcast for Real Ministry 4. The majority, I am Andy George, and I am joined by Ken Hester. Good to be with you today. Good to be with you as well. And of course, we are with Jamie Buford as well. Also good to be here. Wonderful. Hey, we are so excited about this episode. We are talking about a very, very important one big thought, which is what, Miss Jamie Buford? Okay, today's one big thought, guys, is leadership buy-in. Why is buy-in so important? Love it. Love this conversation. And by the way, Ken, we want people to buy into this Ooh, podcast, don't we? That was did smooth. you see what I did there? Segue. Yes. See what I did there? Smooth I segue, like it. Yes. I like it. You so can... how, how can people buy into this podcast? <laughs> oh, the best way is it's free. It's so free. <laughs> you should already have been bought in. But That's you right. can subscribe. Yeah. You can share. You can comment. And you can like five stars only, please. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So leadership buy-in, one of the biggest things about this that we're going to talk about. So this is going to be one of those leadership structured podcasts that I personally like to listen to. I don't, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the ones where, okay, here, here are just some good principles and good things to, to know how to get people to buy in. Mm-hmm. But in church world, we want people to buy in. Yeah. Now we obviously want people to buy into a relationship with Jesus, right? <laughs> Let's go <laughs> Number from that. One. Right? Never mind. Like about that. And, and we're using the term buy in because it's a good crossover leadership term as well as just a practical term. And so uh, we want people to buy into the vision of the church. Mm-hmm. We, and if you have a church staff, your church staff has to buy into what you're doing right. as a leader. And you, of course, want to buy into the overall direction that you're heading as well. So, But it all comes down to valuing people. I mean, that's, yeah. that's where it has to start. So before we even get into the practical characteristics, it has to start with valuing people. And the more that churches, organizations, leaders value their people, the stronger their people will buy in. Yep. I mean, that's yeah. bottom line. Like, if you feel valued, I'm going to follow you. Yeah, you and, and I feel like a, a big piece of the value is how you relate to people. So go back and listen to the last podcast on empathy. Mm-hmm. So you can, you, <laughs> that's you, right. You can True. connect the dots a little bit because yeah. if if we don't have common ground, if, if, you, if I don't feel like you care about me yeah. as a person, then yep. it's going to be hard to feel valued. That's right. Yep, huge, huge, huge. So what are some good practical ways that someone can know that you value them? Yeah, I like to summarize them in three great questions. Uh, I took these questions from Chris Hogan, and Chris Hogan is part of Dave Ramsey's group, and I heard him speak one time. Oh, and, okay. And as I, he was speaking... Oh, I thought you were going to go with Hulk Hogan there. Oh, no. <laughs> the Hulkster could absolutely come in here, too. <laughs> he could. Eat totally. your vitamins and pray every day. That's yes. basically what it is. I'm going to stand up right now and rip my shirt just like Hogan does <laughs> and start flexing right here in That'd the studio. Incredible. Uh, so Chris Hogan, I heard him speak on leadership and he shared these three questions. I don't think they're his necessarily, but they're great questions. And so question one is to simply say, how are you? These aren't, these aren't like earth shattering, like right. revelations, but they're really good. So just think about the people you work with or the people you meet with. Yeah. Three great questions. How are you? What are you working on? And how can I help you? It's yep. great. I mean, that's basically the gist of it. So for your team, I mean, how much value is that to ask those questions? And, and oftentimes yeah. the most simple questions lead to the best answers, right? Yeah. Like, how are you? And sometimes people will automatically respond with good, fine. And <laughs> right. usually yeah. a, a great follow-up question is, how are you really? Right. Like, how are you really doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not a surface level, how are you? Yeah. But it's a very true, please tell me, yeah. how's your life? How's your family? what's going on with you. Absolutely. And and you know, for employees, the question is, what are you working on? How can I help? But if you're in ministry and you're asking, it's, hey, what's going on with your life? Mm -hmm. What's happening in your life? What can I do? How can I pray? Right. So these same, even though they're a little bit more leadership driven questions, they're very applicable in, in just 
life. Yeah, you, you know, how you them. doing? What's going on? What are you going through? Right. Anything I can do to help you, right? Those are three great added value questions. Yep. Yeah. I worked under someone once who started every meeting that we had. He started with those three questions and it really, it really did. It made me feel incredibly valued. I felt like he actually cared what was going on. Was it Andy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. My questions I, usually are a, like, what happened? Yeah. Why did you do this? Why and don't do it again. Gone, don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy took those notes from Chris, Chris Hogan and he's going to start implementing that. In yeah, the I know it's I coming. It. <laughs> Just it. kidding. Jamie, okay. how are you? Oh, Andy, I'm doing good today. What are you working Thank on? Thank you. <laughs> right now, I'm currently recording the One Big Thought podcast. How can I help you? How can I help you? <laughs> you can let me ask you a question. See? You ready? See, people? See look at that. That's how it's do done. Do you feel value? I do feel valued See? right now. Done. Winning. Look at done. that. All right. So, guys, we're going to talk about 10 leadership qualities for optimal buy-in. So, what are those? Yep. So, to be transparent, which I, I love giving resources, most of these 10, except for I think maybe one or two that I tweaked, uh, come from a resource, a book called The Ride of a Lifetime by Robert Iger. Incredible. Very, book. very good. I liked that book too. Disney. Yep. It is. It is. Yeah. It is the, Disney the head former guy. Former CEO of mm-hmm. Disney and uh, worked in ABC all the way up through. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has a great book out that basically covers his life mm-hmm. journey. So there's nuggets woven through that. And in fact, he actually says these are the best leadership qualities somebody can have. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to share them with you right now. And so here we go. Uh, the first one is optimism. So the first quality uh, to get optimal buy-in is that you got to be an optimistic leader. So in short, an optimistic leader does not yield to pessimism. And simply put, the people are not motivated or energized by pessimists. Nobody wants to work for a pessimist. <laughs> no, but no. listen, nobody wants to work for the pessimist. That's very nope. Like, this is the worst. Our church is terrible. Nobody's right. showing up. It's like, well, maybe it's because you're not good at your job. You know, like, <laughs> you're just a pessimist. So, and, uh, but it doesn't mean like you don't acknowledge the realities of the yeah. difference. Like you also don't want the other side. Yeah, for sure. Like you also don't want the head in the clouds. Rain Everything's fine. No, <laughs> yes. no worries at all. No, like we are, we're five weeks behind in giving. Like, no, there's, there's issues happening here. Uh, the second one is courage. You want to be able to follow a courageous leader and the foundation of risk taking, which a good leader knows how to balance is courage and fear the opposite of courage, will absolutely destroy creativity. Yeah. So if you're following a leader, they have to be courageous and they cannot allow fear to stop the creativity push into that. So those are the first two. Yeah, and there are 10 of these. We're going to hit them as, as quickly as possible. And I think the, the biggest thing as you d- listen to this is maybe go back and listen to this a couple of times, take some notes, but think about different ways how to incorporate all of these, not just one of these. Like, right. Right, like if you're over opt- overly optimistic, then right. you're yeah. not balancing it all out, right? Each yeah. one of these has got the opposite side of, you exactly. know, yeah. if you're over courageous and you're ignorant to the realities, you're yeah. going you're you're to crush tank. your team right. yeah. or you're, you're going to burn through your team, Yeah, you know, because right. you're just way out there leading on such a weird edge that your right. team's going to get burnt out. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I love about, you know, the ride of lifetime is that he walks through all of these and the, the bonuses and the mishaps that he's gone along, you know, as right. this, as CEO of, of Disney to go through all those. So I go, all right, well, what, what are some other major things we're looking at here? The next two communication. Uh, and that sounds like an easy one. It's one that we all know we need to communicate better. Um, one of the greatest ways to show value and to get buy-in is to communicate often and clearly. Uh, what I've also learned is it's to communicate in the way that others ex- like respond to communication. So mm. if I'm communicating only through text, but you know, 
they don't have they don't have their text message notifications on, then we're going to fall short. Mm-hmm. Right. So make sure that you're communicating clearly and often in a way that others receive that communication. You could be sending emails all day long, but if they only check their email once a month, that's probably not going to be a clear communication. Yeah. Another another one is decisiveness. Um, just make your decisions. You know, all decisions, no matter how difficult. Um, they should be made in a timely way. Mm-hmm. And it, you'll paralyze yourself, you'll paralyze your organization if you're not decisive. So chronic indecision is not only in, inefficient and counterproductive, but it, it's deeply corrosive to overall morale mm-hmm. of your team. Yeah. I think along with that, I think the next two I would say are uh, innovation. So being an innovative leader, and I say that now because of what we're going through here with COVID, right. is that um, you've got to innovate, and it requires curiosity. You've got to stand that path of wondering mm-hmm. and, and being curious as to what else is out there and what's next, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, we'll put it in the show notes, but Carrie Newhoff had a, had a great article a while back with five key questions to ask about what's going on. Mm. I won't get all five right, but the three we focused in on mainly are, hey, what's not working that we need to stop? Yep. <laughs> Where do we see real momentum? And how has COVID permanently changed things? Mm-hmm. And there's two other ones as well that we can, you know, we'll put that link in the show notes, but that's being curious and innovative, being thinking proactively about, okay, what what's next? The next one is being a fair leader. And so fairness, again, this is back to that empathy talk we talked about last week. Empathy is essential to this. Um, and so nothing is worse to an organization than a culture of fear. Nobody, again, wants to work with somebody that is a tyrant, right, that comes in with an iron fist and operates out of out of fear. Like, we want to be, know that everybody's being treated fair, and so those, again, are the next two. Yeah, and, and just continuing to build off of these, it, use it as building blocks, like, Think through all of the different ones, so you're continuing to move forward in your in your own leadership and and of course your organization. So thoughtfulness, um, you know, it sounds again these these aren't I don't feel like they're earth shattering, but right. they're one of the they're they're key ways to go. Am am I actually processing and gaining knowledge in the way that I should? Is it is it opinion based? Is it is it going to help me make a decision? Am I am I thinking through not just how this affects me, but how this affects others. And it, it, through that thoughtfulness, you're able to move forward. You're able to, to think um, collectively versus just about one specific scenario. And then be authentic as a leader. Be genuine. Be honest. Be yourself. I think sometimes, well, I, at least I'm guilty of this, I'll project what I think other people want of me as a leader versus just being the leader that I am. Yep. And we fail in that. I've failed in that in the past in not being my authentic self. And I've, I've seen how other leaders and, and in my own leadership move forward faster just by being authentic. Yeah. You know, and, and to your point where these aren't, you know, new revelations of leadership. However, if you read any kind of leadership article on what creates a healthy team and a healthy organization, it's not ridiculous concepts right. that nobody's ever thought of. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's these, it's the but, basics. The, but the yep. reason why people leave your organization or leave your church or leave your staff is because most leaders can't do the simple things like this. Right. Uh, they might be really strong in one, but if you want to have your entire team buy in or your church to buy into where you're trying to lead them, you got to have a combination of all these. It's not like, okay, I'm getting one. I'm terrible in nine of them, but I got one good one. <laughs> yeah. No, right. you, you have to be a balanced leader, which means as a leader, 
this is not one of those things where, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I got three out of seven or three out of 10. No, you, you need to work on all 10 of these. So the, the final two are this, and I like, I like these last two. It's a relentless pursuit of perfection. I think that's so critical. And so it's refusal, refusal to accept mediocrity mm-hmm. or to make excuses for something being good enough. We had a conversation earlier today yeah. about some things that we are working on at Crossroads that Lord knows we should have already figured out by now. Right. But we don't just say, oh, it's good enough. Well, and, and we I don't think, want it to be good enough. We want it to be excellent. Yeah, I think, and that's exactly yep. what I was going to say. Is like sometimes the perfection word will trip us up as yeah. leaders spiritually, right. as men. Okay, you know? all you all you so, over spiritual people use the word excellence instead, yeah, right? Yeah, use excellence <laughs> instead, whatever. But yeah. Yeah, but definitely pursue yeah. that for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And then the final one's integrity. Nothing is more important than the quality and integrity of an organization's people mm. and its leaders. You got to be an integrity-driven leader. That goes probably farther than these other ones. If mm-hmm. if people can trust you mm-hmm. and you got good integrity, it's amazing how many of these other qualities they'll give you grace on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you're sketchy and you're just not leading well with good integrity, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're true. not going to follow you anywhere beyond that. Yeah. I think, I think too, with all these, it's like you go, all right, you, you mentioned sometimes as a leader, you're better at two or three or four of these than the others. It's, it's also looking for the team that surrounds you that, has these traits as well. Yep. Because if we've got three or four, or eight people, whether they're on staff or they're they're great volunteers or a combination of elders or all of those, if we can collectively bring this to the table, then we're moving our organization forward. Well, guys, those are phenomenal. I, I agree with every single one of those, and I love that. And and a team that is encompassing all ten of those seems like it would just be running so optimally. But what are a few on the flip side? And you guys mentioned this kind of earlier. To each of those is an is an opposite. What are a few of the things that can hurt a team? Yep. Uh, again, I'm gonna give credit to John Gordon on this. Uh, John Gordon's a great leadership, written mm-hmm. lots of books. He's all over social media, especially on Twitter. I love following his stuff. And so again, we'll put a link to this here. But it's it was only just about a month or so ago, as I was just reading through leadership and some tweets and stuff like that, I came across. John Gordon literally put, here are seven things that will hurt your team. And I'm looking at him going, I don't need to create those. John right. Gordon created I'm just going to share them. So, exactly. so all credit to Mr. John Gordon. Thank you for this. But here they are. Just, these are just real easy. Uh, number one, energy vampires. Uh, John Gordon actually speaks a lot about that. I love that one. It's just the people that just suck the life out of you, basically. Right. you know. So things that will hurt your team are people that are just draining. And a lot of it is because they're not functioning in one of those or most of those 10 areas of being a good leader. And so they're just draining the organization and they're draining you. The second one is people that complain. Mm -hmm. We don't want people to complain. I mean, yeah, we want feedback. Right. Right. We want truth. Yeah. But we don't want competition or com- complaining. Complainers. Complaining, yeah. yeah. That that's the worst place to be. I think. <laughs> um, you know, when ego gets in the way as well. You know, pride. Uh, if you if you don't like the ego word, pride can go before fall. It get get make sure that your team is not filled up with how great they think that they are right. or how they think that they should be. They've got to yeah. keep them, you know, level and making sure that you're moving forward. Um, jealousy is a big thing as well. It's something that if, if, if a team is against itself, then it will never work. And you've got to mm-hmm. cut out jealousy. You've got to cut out that, um, that I guess, unhealthy competition sometimes mm-hmm. that comes along with that as well. Yep, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so the next three, real quickly, are resentment, kind of similar. Each one of these leads to the other one. If you got egotistical leaders and you got mm-hmm. a lot of infighting or jealousy and complaining, it's going to create resentment of people on the team, and of course, selfishness. 
is another one. And the final one is what we said earlier is pessimism. You know, yeah. so seven things, energy vampires, complaining, ego, jealousy, resentment, selfishness, and pessimism are things that will absolutely hurt your team. And guess what? Stay away from those. Stay away from those. <laughs> Stay away from those. All right. Well, hey, that's all the time we got on this particular episode on leadership buy-in. So again, as as Ken said, go back and listen to this again. There's a bunch of things in the show notes as well. And so hopefully this will help you lead not only your team, but also your church uh, in a really, really healthy way. And I'm excited about next week. Come on. So listen, right. sneak peek for the next week. We are, next Tuesday, we've got a special guest. That's right. Special guest, Jess Beeler. Oh, man. Yeah. Jess Beeler. If you don't know her, you will know her yes. next You'll Tuesday. Know her. Yes. yes. Incredible. So thanks for everybody who are listening right now. Make sure you subscribe, comment, share. Join us again next Tuesday with our special guest, Jess Beeler. <laughs>